right, welcome back. It's the Hex Drinkers Podcast. We're on episode 14. I'm Julian. I'm joined by Eric. Hello. Oak. Hello. And Chev. Yo. Chev, you put that beer down and you give me a proper entry. Yo. And uh, today, we're going back to a, a an old favorite, a, a cast favorite, a fan favorite, I'd like to think. Uh, we're doing another group brew. So if you guys remember, uh, I don't know, about... 10 episodes or so ago, uh, we did uh, this thing called the group brew. Basically, we all decide on a commander, and we all kind of go about our own individual brewing processes in terms of uh, directions that we'd want to take that commander, and we kind of think up a few different categories of cards that we'd want to have in that deck and um, sort of brew almost a shell around that commander, and then we all bring it here to the cast, and we kind of discuss the paths we each decided to take and how we could either combine them all together or uh, hone in and upgrade certain parts of those things. So last time we did Gore Muldrak, who is a beast. Uh, and this time we're doing another super powerful commander, and that's Galician Powerstone Engineer. Don't let his 50 cents cost fool you. Oh, yeah. yeah no. I'm going to read Galician uh, right now just so you guys know what we're working with. Uh, he is a six mana, five and a blue legendary creature, a human artificer. He's a 3-6, so he's been doing his squats. He's got a big butt, and uh, he has an activated ability, which is tap and tap X untapped artifacts you control to look at the top X cards of your library, and you put one of those cards into your hand and the rest into your graveyard. He's got one more line of text on him. Uh, that is, he has the keyword partner. So we decided we wanted to mix things up a little bit for this one, and we said we're all brewing around Glacian. He's, he's our main homeboy. But uh, we all get to pick a separate partner that we want to partner with him, and uh, that will obviously kind of shape the directions that we took our decks. So we thought that uh, kind of doing this multi-pronged approach would be uh, even more fun, especially since Glacian is just so powerful, so diverse, such a great card. Mm -hmm. So, boys, what have you come up with? Oak was willing to battle sickness and death to join this podcast. So I think that he should get to get to be the leadoff hitter here. All right, you know, I'd love to. This deck, when I heard that we were doing it for Group Brew, I instantly thought of the Commander Precon I bought a few years ago, which was, of course, the red-blue artifacts led by Sahili, the Gifted. And I was like, I never got to make that deck come to fruition. So you know what? This is going to be its, uh, its, its legacy, its child. And we're going to make a deck that essentially tries to make as many little artifacts as possible and has a bunch of cards that pay off for having a bunch of little artifacts. So this deck I have named Quantity Over Quality. So what kind of spells do we have that give us a ton of artifacts? Well, I think more than half of the spells in this deck are cards that just make a ton of artifacts. For example, Brass's Bounty. What does that do? Seven mana? Make a bunch of artifacts. <laughs> Make a ton of treasures. <laughs> Echo Storm, five mana. Copy some artifacts. Uh, copy even more for the amount of time you've cast your commander, of which there are two. And I should probably mention the second one. The pick I <laughs> that went... That would help. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I, I probably should have started with that. Sorry, I'm just I'm too excited about this deck. Um, the partner for Glacian in this deck is Akiri, Lineslinger, who I swiped from the hands of Eric uh, in a moment's time. Um, Akira... Uh, we did make the same deck, though. 
Uh, I'm excited to talk about mine after yours. <laughs> yes, this is, this is true. This is true. So I, I imagined at least like making a bunch of artifacts was going to be a little theme in like everyone's deck, just because. Shocker! It is what Glacian likes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yep, so yep. it also happens to be what Akiri likes. Akiri is a zero three for two mana. First strike vigilance gets plus one plus zero for each artifact you control. So much like Glacian, she just wants us to have a ton of artifacts. So. To name, to name a few others, Doxide Extortionist, I uh, just happen to own a copy of that, uh, makes a ton of treasures as soon as it enters the battlefield, very uh, expensive card. Hanger Backwalker, um, enters the battlefield with a bunch of 1-1 counters on it, and then when it dies, you get to make Thopters equal to the number of 1-1 counters on it. That's a lot of artifacts. Uh, we got Togo, Wet Goblin Weaponsmith, which I know is Chev's partner of choice, and of course I had to include him in my 99, being that I had red. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, creates a colorless equipment artifact token named Rock. That's a lot of artifacts. All right, now, you had me at Rock. <laughs> so, what about um? So this deck, this deck makes a lot of artifacts. But what about the actual artifact spells? Well, we had to add some ramp, of course. It's an EDH deck, and what better ramp to add than a card like Replicating Ring, which. At the beginning of your upkeep, you put a counter on it, and if it has eight or more counters, you get to create eight more replicating rings. Now, this deck does have a couple payoffs and spells that sort of synergize with making a ton of artifacts. For example, Broodstar. It is a ten-mana spell, eight generic and two blue, with affinity for artifacts, so it costs one less for each artifact you control, and hopefully you'll have a lot of artifacts if you're playing this deck. Um, it has flying, and its power and toughness are equal to the number of artifacts you control. Now, if you don't have any artifacts, um, that means he unfortunately just dies. I will make it my mission, if you ever play this deck, to have you play Broodstar with zero artifacts in play. Hit him with the Vandal Blast. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. Um, oh, believe me, I wanted to include Vandal Blast, but I was like, we might play these decks against each other sometime. I don't want to like go that hard into anti-artifact tech. Oh, don't I, worry. Some people did. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Anyways, I, I mentioned Tago in there, and I've probably talked about enough uh, specifically about my deck for now. Chev, I, I want to hear about yours next. So, yeah, you know, we had this idea of, okay, group brew, right? And and we wanted to think first, we are like, call time just came out. Um, let's do a call time commander. But all the call time commanders are very clear about what they want your deck to do. So it's like, we won't get the same sort of, you know, difference in opinion that we could get with a more open commander. And now that I'm looking at it, Glaceon doesn't have a lot unique about them. <laughs> and I think a lot of us took, um, I'm interested to see Julian's deck has a bit of green in it. Um, so I'm interested to see what the direction that takes versus the rest of us who all ended up in red. And, and looking through and seeing a couple things in your list that I like. Oh, one thing I do want to bring out from Oakley's list though is Bloodforged Battle Axe. If you're unfamiliar, it basically, whenever it's equipped creature deals combat damage, it duplicates itself. And I only have one memory of playing this card, uh, and I think it was against all of you guys. I don't remember what deck it was in, but I do remember one board state where I had eight of these things on the battlefield from just attacking with, like, two creatures. So this thing is, like, a, a menace, especially when you're trying to create as many artifacts as possible. When Oak took the Akiri the Line Slinger when he uh, called her, I thought that he was going to go in a slightly different direction. I thought he was going to go for a more equipment themed thing and almost do a sort of Voltron um, and I think that is something if you are looking to build something with Glacian because equipments just kind of exist you can tap them for Glacian's ability and it doesn't 
affect anything. It's not like you're tapping a mana rock that you would otherwise use for mana or a creature that you would otherwise use for attacking or blocking or whatever. So that was something that I was looking into, and I think a way that you could go is these sort of artifacts that kind of just sit around, and it doesn't matter if they're tapped or not, so you can use them incidentally for Glacian. So having a lot of equipment on your Akiri and then using your Glacian to tap all those equipment to find more and better equipment, you know what I mean, to for a Voltron kill, is an interesting way you could go about this deck. That was actually my plan if I had taken Akiri, was to do exactly that. Oh, all right. Well, maybe we'll do maybe we'll do a follow-up or something. But uh, anyway, Chev, take, take it away. I want to hear about the rocks. So like Oakley mentioned, having Tago in his deck, instead of having two commanders that kind of have a payoff for having a lot of artifacts, I thought two birds, one stone, have one of the commanders able to make a lot of artifacts. And so originally, you know, Tago, land enters, artifact, Glaceon wants a lot of artifacts. I wanted to go in a sort of uh, red-blue landfall direction. And I think a few of the cards ended up in the final build, but it turns out there's not a lot of support for um, landfall synergies in blue and red. Like, as you saw in one of Julian's previous Year of the Brew, I think he did um, all colors but green landfall. And that was pretty decent because at least ha had some other ways to generate it. But as I found out quickly, it was better off to to fall in line with the all artifacts, all the time structure that Oakley did. And so since my deck is, you know, just two of the colors of Oakley's three, it's going to share a lot of the things. Uh, I think Oakley, I saw Brutaclad in yours as well as a great way, especially with Tago in charge, make a bunch of rocks. All of a sudden they're 2-1 Murs, or maybe, you know, your worm coils out on the battlefield and you get a ton of 3-3s three with Lifelink or Death Touch. Uh, maybe even um, Phyrex Phyrexian uh, Thingy-Majig from Commander Legends, um, who Metamorph? creates three 3-3s. Three Phyrexian... Oh, Triniform. Trinomorph? Triniform. Yeah, Triniform. My guy. So having all of those like types of super cool tokens out there. Um, so I'm going to focus on a couple of the things that make Tago specific and why you should put him in charge of your next commander deck. Because I got super excited about this guy. Jeff, I want to say that, that I, I totally get what you were thinking with the um, Brutaclad idea. And I think I found a cool card that takes that to another level, which is the Antiquities War. Yep. Um, yeah, I got saga, that too. And the third <laughs> chapter makes all your... Essentially, it puts its soul artifact on all of your artifacts. So they all become five fives. So, so one of the cool things about Tago is he has this ability to basically build your own Lotus Cobra. And we'll go into that with a couple broken cards. One, Urza. I don't even care what the rest of the text on Urza says, um, but one of them is tap an untapped artifact you control at a blue mana. So if you think about it, you can have Tago just shitting out Sky Diamonds. They like, come in untapped, unlike Sky Diamonds. Very true. So think about... You know, you could pay $40 for an Urza and get an upgraded Sky Diamond. I mean, the value is endless. Also, Crocs Clan Ironworks. If you're looking for something more clear to the Lotus Cobra formula, get a rock, sack it for two colorless mana every time. And, you know, things like this, I know there are better use cases for these super powerful artifacts, but sometimes you just want to run some stupid stuff. And, and I thought these were the perfect opportunity to have other use cases for all the mana besides Glaceon. The other big thing to worry about with Glaceon is since it's not like you get to look through the top cards and put the rest on the bottom, they go into your graveyard. So having a good way to recur all of the things you might have thrown in there is a very powerful um, thing to have. And so including things like Goblin Engineer, Goblin Welder, Scrap Mastery. Uh, Goblin Engineer and Welder benefit probably the most from having Tago in the command zone since you can just get rid of your old rocks for whatever new hotness you have uh, that you had to mill for some other um, thing. 
And then other things like Emery, Lurker of the Lock, similar ability, uh, it's from Eldraine and in blue, but it allows you to cast an artifact spell of your choice from your graveyard every turn. Just because something is gone, it doesn't mean it has to be forgotten. And worst case, a Buried Ruin or an Academy Ruins will kind of set you right. Two of the, the last cards I want to focus on here before we get the three-peat with Eric is two dumb cards that I thought were fantastic for whatever reason, mostly because I find it as a personal vendetta to find a way to handicap any deck with at least a few picks. I just, they're <laughs> too dumb not to include, and I i am a sucker for those kind of effects. One, Dalakos, Crafter of Wonders. He was a legendary creature from um, Theros Beyond Death that you never really want him in charge of anything, but this allows you, with, with all equipped creatures you control having flying in haste, that means you could give your very own Blightsteel Colossus a big old rock, and now it's a hasty flying Blightsteel Colossus. And to me, that effect was just amazing. I, I love the idea of Tago giving someone a rock and it giving them magic powers. It's a special rock, Chev. It's, it's a very special rock. And Tago, like, Tago knew that deep down, but maybe you needed some extra convincing. And the last one is Ancient Stone Idol. You can flash it in, it's a 12-12, and it costs one less for each attacking creature. And then when it dies, make a 6-12 colorless artifact token with Trample. Um, now, you know, we've mentioned before Brutaclad. Congrats, you can now have an army of 6-12s with Trample, which sounds pretty solid. Also, it's a memory of the Eldrazi, which, you know, if I have a, a reason to put the Eldrazi in a deck, I will being able to slot them in in a way that is just functional enough that people can't get too upset with me for including it makes it even better for that reason i like it i respect it i don't know how i feel about it <laughs> other than that it's 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 a lot of artifact good stuff probably the main win con when you're ramping through everything is going to be thassa's oracle or or like oakley already mentioned having big things like sahili's directive and there are a few hidden things though that I'm going to make either the audience or these guys search for if we ever play these decks. Because they're not going to like what they find, but I'm going to be happy about that. So I'm going to leave that up to the reader. I, I, I can pretty much guarantee, as I said before we uh, started, that no one is going to like how my deck plans to win. But before I get into that, I really do just want to say, I love the idea of Tago as like a Warhammer green skin where he hands them this rock, and he's like, this rock is magic. It gives you powers. And they're like, yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. And they just start flying, because they believe it does. <laughs> um, That's the power of belief. Dalekos exactly. and Tago. But on a much less exciting level, you guys are doing the same thing I am. You're both making a lot of artifacts. You know what I, I noticed? It's not super uncommon, I feel like, for you to have, I don't know, like, like 20 or more artifacts just a number right off the top of the head just <laughs> super random uh it has maybe something to do with the hellkite tyrant in this deck just a little um so that's one way that you could win the game is hellkite tyrant i also noticed you know you guys you guys have brundaclad you guys got a, you're making a lot of myrrh you're making a lot of copies maybe you're making a lot of thopters as oak mentioned brass is bounty you can make a lot of treasure Mechanized production. Mm -hmm. Put it in the battlefield. Make a copy of Enchanted That's Artifact. Nice. If you control eight or more artifacts with the same name, you also win the game. When this card was first released, uh, one of the first ideas that people had with it was, you put this on Mer Battlesphere, it makes another four Mer. That's eight Mer. That's the game. <laughs> uh, well, it's the game on your next upkeep, I believe. 
you need, oh, sorry, you need a single turn cycle to win the game. <laughs> it's rough. It's hard what out a pity. here. It's hard out here. But I have chosen to support this with uh, essentially just things that make a ton of the small but very common artifacts. So mm-hmm. MERS, Thopters, Servos, Clues, Treasures. Uh, one card that... Clue producers in here? Oh, heck yeah. Uh, well, I was about to call one out that neither of you guys ever put in. Tamio's Journal. We it's love clues. That's in mine. Oh, it is in yours. <laughs> you didn't call it out, so I, I didn't know. Um, I gotta say, my favorite clue producer, actually two, two of my favorite cards are Confirm Suspicion and Spell Swindle are both five mana counter spells. And then Confirm Suspicion says, after you counter that target spell, because one, obviously, you can't have anything nice. Uh, we get to investigate three times. That's three clues. Boom! And Spell Swindle says, after you counter that target spell, we make X colorless uh, treasure artifact tokens where X is that spell's converted mana cost. So that's like basically mana drain for five mana, you know. But I, I like th- those are good for a lot of a lot mm-hmm. of tokens. Plus oh, yeah. a little disruption, you know. You, you beat me to the punch. Those were all on the list. I, I, I like those in this deck because the treasure... I think become a lot more interesting when they aren't just single use mana rocks. When you like those turns where you don't need them, you can just use them to power through your deck with Glacian. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm running a lot of the same stuff as everyone else. The hanger backwalkers, a lot of the like big name token generators. But I, I think by adding in clues and s- some more treasure stuff, I, I did get into some more diverse things. Additionally, sometimes you just got to toss a reckless fire weaver in there. Like just yeah. we're, we're putting a lot of artifacts into play. Yep. Let's, let's burn some people. Tago also enjoys that card. I will say, uh, and I'll, I'll talk about my deck after Eric's done, but I think the biggest thing about me not having red is not getting that burn package because like the reckless fire weaver or Eric, I see you got a personal favorite of mine. You're for aether grid, which is an enchantment that says tap two untapped artifacts you control. And it deals one damage to target creature or player. That idea of just, Oh yeah, yeah. We're like we're like looking through our deck with Glacian, but then like, oh, we've got like thirty artifacts. Bing, 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 bing. Like just start blasting. You know that's my favorite thing. Absolutely. And the blasting doesn't end there. You got to keep people attacking as you make your treasure. So Curse of Opulence, I think, is actually an absolute all star in this deck. Oh yeah. Mm. I was I was gonna call that out. I was gonna say I'm so glad someone else thought of Curse of Opulence because it's just like a niche. It's the only one in that cycle that really applies to this kind of deck. But it does it so well. And it's one of my favorite ramp spells in red. It's one of the only red ramp spells in red. <laughs> it's true, but it's there. Uh, Storm the Vault is a card that, uh, mm-hmm. when when looking back... Th- oh, I I haven't told you my other commander! What a fool! Uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's true. It's Karum Ludovic's Opus. It just Opus. gives you blue and red. It gives me red. It helps me draw cards. He's terrible. The guy who created him, Ludovic, also terrible. I should have just picked Bruce Tarl. <laughs> I made a mistake. Um, uh, but yeah, Storm the Vault and... Uh, Alright, I lied to you. Mirrored and Besieged. Uh, it sort of works like the Cons and dr- versus Dragons cards from Cons Block that That's I'm just exactly much more familiar with. It, it is exactly how it works. You pick uh, Mirren or Phyrexian. Mirren, whenever you cast an artifact, I'll create a 1-1 Mer artifact creature. We will be picking that. Or Phyrexian, at the beginning of your end step, draw a card, then discard a card. Uh, if there are 15 or more artifact cards in your graveyard, target opponent loses the game. We might be picking that, because it's funny, but it's unlikely. <laughs> Alright, Julian. Bring us home. Well, I have to tell you that when I play my Mirrored and Besieged, 
I will be picking that mode every time because, you know, I'm a little jealous with what you guys got to do. I did. I was kind of thinking a a, a, a red blue or maybe a Jeskai uh, combo, but after I saw that everyone else was doing that, I was like, well, let me let me you know go somewhere else and see what I can do. And um, I'm happy to say that I'm in Simic. <laughs> <laughs> like a trash bastard and uh my deck is the fuck it we don't care uh we're gonna be degenerates deck someone had to do it exactly my deck my deck is based around two things alternate win cons so miriam besieged is one of them and then um also just trying to move through our deck as fast as possible using glacian so that we can win with thassa's oracle or jace wielder of mysteries julian i have a question very quickly sure can you tell us about your choice of partner commander. <laughs> yes. So my my choice was, uh, Eric, you'll be very happy to know, uh, Kadama of the East Tree, who has the lovely ability that whenever a permanent enters the battlefield, um, if it wasn't put there using Kadama's ability, you can put a permanent of uh, equal or lesser converted mana cost. So we're, we're going to be abusing this, as you can imagine. Why else would he be in the deck? Like you guys, I want to make a lot of tokens. So I have... A lot of similar cards. Oh, damn, you too? Um, I thought I was original. I know, right? It's, turns out that just you want as many artifacts as possible, and the best way to do that is just to mass-produce tokens. One card that I think that is phenomenal that I don't think anybody... I don't know if I saw it in any of your decks, and none of you definitely mentioned it, is a Efficient Construction, which is a three and a blue for an enchantment. Whenever you cast an artifact, you get a 1-1 one, one colorless Thopter with flying, um, as well as Thopter Spy Network, which is also a four-man enchantment that um, gives you 1-1 one, one Thopters every upkeep, and then also whenever you deal combat damage with an artifact creature, you get to draw a card. So I did once again, we're trying to work in there. Nice. It's a good one. It's a good one. So yeah, we're so, so we're trying to power through our deck. Uh, we also have things like Mirror Battlesphere, like Eric was saying, that just gives you a bunch of stuff. We have all of the really stupid artifact creatures that can like unvoltron so triskelevis yep. uh tetravis uh pentavis all these things that you can like they come in as like a five five and then you can like pull one one creatures off them just to have as many things as possible we also have urza because that allows us to yeah. uh, you know get a lot of mana plus hull breacher uh is <laughs> excellent because makes you can just get decently. all these treasures yeah yeah so we're playing a lot of these cards similar to the boys to make as many artifacts as possible. Unfortunately, there are a lot of good red ones that we don't get access to. But since we're in green, we get access to things like doubling season and parallel lives. Uh, so we'll be making arguably just as many tokens. And then we're also playing a bunch of super cheap, just generally not great artifacts. Uh, basically, once again, just to go through our deck as quickly as possible. So we're playing a bunch of the cantrippy ones like uh, Golden Egg, um, Chromatic Star, Chromatic Sphere, Arkham's Astrolabe, recently banned Powerhouse, uh, just happens to draw a card when it comes in. So all sorts of super cheap stuff like that. And then the other thing is all of these things are like one or zero mana. So with Kodama, you know, play a Chromatic Star, get to put a land in or something. Or, you know, play a Chromatic Star and you get to put in uh, a bunch of your zero mana artifacts like Mana Crypt and Chrome Mox and Mox Diamond. Because like I said, this is we we just do not give a crap with this deck. We're playing uh, all the disgusting things. So hopefully we can chain a bunch of those things together and then use Glaceon to... Honestly, we probably really don't even care it, when we tap him and we get to look at the top like 10 cards of our library. It doesn't really matter unless we're hitting our one of our win cons like Mirrored and Besieged or uh, Thassa's Oracle, we just take that and we put the rest in our bin and we don't care because we're just that much closer to the bottom of our deck or that much closer to, uh, you know, 15 plus artifacts in our graveyard. And then we're running, uh, you know, a few things like 
Praetor's Council, Regrowth, uh, Road of Return. Uh, these are all things that just get stuff back from your graveyard. So if you do mill something important, you can get it. One card that I actually found while I was looking for this that I think is um, actually a pretty cool card is uh, called Memory Just Journey. So this is a one in a blue for an instant. Target player shuffles up to three target cards from his or her graveyard into his or her library. Um, but it's also got flashback for green. God forbid we like just mill our 10 most important cards. Um, plus that, we can just flash that back or we can play it and then flash it back. That's not an ability I normally see in blue. I think that's more like the Gaia's whatever the heck, that one mana, one green from uh, Dominaria. But that's that's really cool. I haven't seen that card before. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty um it's pretty cool. The art's actually pretty nice too. So I'm that was actually like probably one of the cards that I thought was just coolest because I was like, oh, this is actually like a really just versatile card and I've never I've never seen it. Whereas like all this other stuff, I'm just playing all these crappy zero mana artifacts. <laughs> like Dark Sphere, which is from the dark. It's a zero mana artifact. You can tap it and sack it to prevent half the damage done to you by a single source rounded down. <laughs> so like if Chev's come if Chev's coming at you with that uh the uh, Blightsteel Colossus. Uh, you can just tap your dark sphere, and then you're you're not you're not that. <laughs> <laughs> I I think that was its intention. I think that 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 was the original purpose of dark sphere. Yeah, tw tw twenty years later. Yeah, exactly. And I I am running a Blightsteel Colossus because, you know, with all our ramping and stuff from Kodama and just being in Simic, like you know, we could just get to a Blightsteel Colossus and win that way. And plus, if we mill it, it just shuffles our li our you know everything back into our library, so we can just keep going. I also want to appreciate that um, Magic has come out with a card called Nuisance Engine that creates pest artifact creature tokens. That's amazing. Oh yeah, I was I was scraping the barrel a little on that one, but I was like, you know, you can't you can't discount those uh, two mana O one potential. Pests. Yeah, just yeah, just just the ability to continually create. It is Cicada Summer after all. Oh, don't remind me, I'm not excited. <laughs> the ability to continually create um, blockers slash things to tap with Glacian. Yeah. Julian, I like that you included, or you mentioned a lot of the cool stuff you found with green, because that's not, like, generally associated as, like, an artifact color. If it's okay, I'd like to take a sec just to highlight some of the cards I found in white that were really cool, seeing as how, I guess, no one else went into that color, or maybe didn't have the choice. Oh, yeah, please. <laughs> yeah, go um, on. Starting, actually, with a card I just thought of, and now that Julian's mentioned doubling season, I can't believe it, I didn't think of this before, but Anointed Procession seems like a shoe-in. Yep. Uh, for a deck that's just constantly making tokens of different kinds. Um, besides that, we got Jor Kadeen, the Prevailer. I know Julian loves uh, this card. <laughs> My man, Jor Kadeen. My guy. Um, Metalcraft, uh, creatures you control get plus three, plus oh, as long as you control three or more artifacts. We probably will have three or more artifacts for most of the game. Uh, speaking of Metalcraft, a card I was not as nearly as aware of as Jor Kadeen is Indomitable Archangel which is a 4-4 four, four flyer for 4, and it has Metal Craft, where artifacts you control of Shroud as long as you control 3 or more artifacts. Again, easy enough. Yeah, there's there's definitely, like, if, if you're going back into the, the Mirrodin days, there's, like, a lot of cool things that benefit also from the, the multitude of artifacts you're generally going to generate. Both Metal Craft and Affinity are, like, key, and, and I mean, even Improvise from Kaladesh, although that's much underpowered in comparison. But I, I really tried to put as many of those in as possible. Even one that, like, is a cancel unless you have three artifacts, and then it's a counterspell. So it's not even really that good, but playing on the, the idea that I'm always going to have artifacts and, like, this is more on theme. Um, Dispatch, I think, is a favorite of mine, and these guys might remember it from our early yep. days. Uh, when I played my days. janky, modern, legal artifact stompy. <laughs> uh, Dispatch is a one-man instant tap target creature, but... If you have Metalcraft, 
you get to just exile the creature instead, which is a little bit better than tapping it, I'd say. I, I gotta go back just because what we've been talking, I've been looking through all the cards I wrote down, and I realized that two cards that I think we all have in our decks that are arguably some of the best artifact token makers we didn't even talk about. Uh, Psy Masterthopterus, mm. who is a three-mana one-four that just says whenever you cast an artifact spell, you get a Thopter. And then you can also sacrifice two artifacts to draw a card with his activated ability. That thing can just go That's very off. true. He's a he's a very strong commander in like CDH, isn't he, Eric? Or he's um, like well-known? There, there are loops with Psy. He mm. he doesn't often command the deck, A, because Urza's just a better artifact commander. And and B, because he, he he's good in the 99. Uh, but yeah, I think we all have him in our deck because he's, he's honestly kind of nuts. Yeah, you can have, especially if you're you know, yeah, obviously, if you're playing a lot of artifacts like this deck wants, like, you're just making stuff, like, incidentally easily. Mm -hmm. And then another one is Sharding Sphinx, which, whenever I say that, I just, I'm like, why, why is it named that? Um, it breaks things blue, into blue. shards. Get your head out it's of the water. It's from Say Sharding Sphinx. No. Julian, we're not going to fall for your You games. know what it sounds <laughs> All right, well, sorry, I didn't realize this wasn't uh, fifth grade anymore. Uh, yeah, whenever an artifact, it's a Sphinx, a flying 4-4 Sphinx, uh, whenever an artifact creature you control deals combat damage to a player, you can create a Thopter. So it's like, boom, we're already making a bunch of Thopters. They all hit, we double our Thopters. It's just so many. Mm -hmm. Plus, it's already it already flies, so like it'll connect itself generally. Um, I just had to say those because I saw those, and I was like, these are in everyone's decks. How have we not mentioned yeah, super cool. these premier creators? Yeah, I mean, size in mind just for that second ability of assuming that I'm going to have extra rocks from Tago and not know what to do with them, so I'll click two together and draw a card. <laughs> but I think I think what we should really do is, and I, I appreciate uh, Oakley bringing this up, is like, you know, we've talked about these decks that have these different color combinations and really just going over what support Glaceon has in all the different colors. And so we saw, you know, in, in green from Julian, we had all the uh, doubling season, and the parallel lives to create as many of these tokens as possible, and the ability to recur stuff from the graveyard, uh, which is, you know, one of the best things green does. But we also see it in red as that sort of artifact recursion, and red has the damage and things like that. And, I mean, if you just think of the C14 precon, um, which is near and dear to all of our hearts, but maybe is out of modern players' sort of timeline, and, like, all the abilities where red is like, right, I'll trade you whatever's on the field for what's in the graveyard. And we have another bunch of ways to get things back. Uh, and comparing that to, you know, white that has these much more, uh, I think it's mostly Mirrodin that has the support, obviously, uh, for white artifacts and more of like dealing with threats permanently in a sort of sense. I agree, Chip. I think now that we've kind of gone down all of our paths, we can kind of look at what other things are, other other options. Um, one thing I want to say, though, another card that I just thought of, I was like, how have we not talked about this? But, Oak, you were saying in white. Uh, smothering tithe anyone that's in, that's in my decks and i as it I should be into that until i was interrupted <laughs> yeah. my, my, that's my bad but yeah that's that's a great card another cool one from the recently released kaldheim set uh forging the tyrite sword create two treasures oh, yeah, yeah. and then um tutor and equipment forging the tyrite that's sword, a pretty yeah, solid uh boros boros one a little bit of mana. Yeah, especially if you're tutor. doing that, um, uh, you know, Voltron-y, attacky equipment thing that I was talking about earlier. Being able to pull Halvar one out of your out of your deck, like obviously he's an equipment on the back, but just he gives everything that's equipped up double strike. Mm -hmm. You know, that card seemed like always like the odd man out. Like every all the other sagas seem so good, <laughs> and then forging the tyrant sword was like. Ah. <laughs> so I, I'm happy that there's some use for it, but um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the black options just because. Mm. Once you guys were like, uh, they're do we're doing the, the is it thing, I was like, oh, well, 
I don't know, maybe maybe Green or Black has some stuff. And um, there's some really cool partners uh, just from Commander Legends. Yeah, yeah, um, that seemed to be a, like a really cool area that it was going in. Was uh, what's it? Thyrex, Thyrex, there's or something a, that's so like, there's Armix. Um, give someone minus X minus sacrificing X, yeah. artifacts and oh, there's well, there's a couple. Yeah. I'll I'll. Uh, if you don't mind, I'll uh, read them to you. Oh, I Hold do on. mind, Julian. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, a, I'm actually going to just fully cut you off here and instead talk about uh, Silas Ren Seeker, whatever his name is. The Well, I was going to get to him, but I had no, 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 I'm cutting you off. Order, so you can go. You know, go talk. ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, no, he just recurs artifacts and would be good for like a larger artifact build as opposed to what we all did with sort of like a, a lower to the ground, smaller boys. Yeah, wide, not tall. Yeah. Well, I think I think he's really nice because since Glacian puts the cards that you don't get off your mm-hmm. pseudo scry or whatever into the graveyard, you can just bin everything and then Silas can get you back whatever you need. Yeah. So I think that's a pretty nice That's uh, actually combo. a sweet synergy. I didn't think about that at all. Yeah. Glacian actually synergizes like really well with Silas and then Armix Filigree Thrasher, who is a, a three mana three two. Whenever he attacks, you can discard a card. And if you do target creature defending player controls gets minus X minus X where X is the number of artifacts you control plus the number of artifact cards in your graveyard. Mm-hmm. So once again, you're discarding to Armix, so that's already going to be theoretically an artifact, plus Armix is an artifact, so that's minus two, minus two at least. But if you're already scrying with, you know, quote-unquote scrying with Glacian again, once again... You're going to fill your yard. Your yeah. graveyard's probably stocked. So you, you get to nuke whatever the biggest thing is. And it's minus X, minus X too. So like if Cheb's playing Eldrazi, you can just be like, I don't care that your Ulamog's indestructible. Minus 20, minus 20, get out of here. I think <laughs> the one dangerous thing about just going blue and black, though, is... Besides Silas, how much recursion exists in those colors? Like, if you're playing Thyrex and um, Glaceon, like, how much can you bring those things back once you're filling the yard at breakneck pace? If you've got I, artifact creatures, you just run standard black creature recursion. That's true. Yeah, you can do it with creatures. I was thinking of Junk Diver and a few of the other artifact creatures that, like, specifically bring back artifacts. But I feel like if if recursion is something that you feel is a necessary trait... um, uh, which I, I definitely feel like is with Glaceon, where you're going to be putting so much in the yard. Um, green or red, uh, a little bit of white, but mostly either green or red are going to be your best friends. You could go... You could, I'm just looking through the list of partners right now. You could go mono-mono uh, blue and uh, play Glaceon with Malcolm, Keen-Eyed Navigator. Yeah, I was thinking tribal, about that. Then... Oh, man, that would have been so cool. Just making all the yeah, treasures all the you're time. you like getting aggro too, though, you know? You're like getting it in. I was worried about pirates, though. Yeah, I guess you could do it with pirates if you put in like the new the Maskwood Nexus and the blue. There's a blue one that makes everyone this arcane adaptation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeff, yeah. we talked that, about like, this when we were making lizards. There's so many ways to change. There's so many ways to make everything a single creature type. That's true. So you could make everything pirates, and then that mono blue would be pretty sweet. Plus, you'd have I guess a lot of mana from treasures, but that's not really why I'm into it. You just like pirates. I like pirates. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, why don't you spend that mana? on all the clues you could make as well. <laughs> Jeff has a, a little problem with clues. No, we, we, we're, not, we're not tapping two to sack a clue. <laughs> that, that face of Oak will live in my nightmares from the BFZ-themed, uh, <laughs> like, starter decks back when that was a thing. Julian, do you have the Mander partners from Commander Legend open, or are you kind of going off memory? Oh, no, I got them open. I got Scryfall open. Okay, what's the, the black one that's like, um, whenever a token leaves the battlefield? Um mm deals damage and stuff oh you're talking about my guy nadir agent of duskenal he's a six mana elf warrior three three uh whenever a token you control leaves the battlefield he gets a one one and then when he leaves you get a number of one one green elf warrior creature tokens equal to his power so that's a little chonky 
but I, I definitely, maybe, maybe that would be better with like a Tago build or something that is like producing the artifacts to go with it. Since I don't really want two uncommon commanders that are six mana each, but something like that where the rest of the deck kind of is creating these, these tokens that both commanders can benefit from, I feel like would be a cool direction to take Glaceon in. I, I kind of, you can't do it with partners, but I kind of like that in like a three color build where you've got sort of the blue-red, like, massive artifact pumping and artifact ramp with treasures and things. You, you're just making a bunch of tokens, just making Nadir huge, and getting these big, like, swap-outs with things like Scrap yeah. Mastery or, like, the Duretti, like, alt ability where you sack a bunch of artifacts to your cart clan and they all come back, and you, you've got all these tokens just constantly coming in and out and in and out. You'd have to do, like, a, a, a Vile Smasher <laughs> Glaceon build. <laughs> well, no, it, yeah. it would be like, it'd be Nadir and then... Oh, you're either, talking a three-partner deck. It, it'd be, it's yeah, a whole Nadir. squad in the command zone. Well, you could do it with Nadir and then either Karum or Ludovic. Oh, that's true. Yeah, if you were just <laughs> ignoring Glaceon entirely. <laughs> you can't ignore Glaceon. It's the point of the, the focus episode. of the episode. I know, I know. To ignore Glaceon, <laughs> I would like to ignore I, Glaceon. I guess, I'm. I guess. I guess. Uh, you know, we are reaching that sort of time. Like, I guess takeaways. Even though there's a lot of uh, interesting paths that you could take, and I think just looking through here, like, I feel like you could make a reasonably interesting and functional deck with Glaceon with most partners here. You know, mm-hmm. especially the red ones, um, and especially a couple of the uh, black and white ones. But uh, that being said, he still is. A six mana three six that does not a lot, or he at least requires a lot of support yeah. to be uh, useful. So he's definitely a more. I guess if we were trying to throw power levels around, he's probably you're probably finding him in a more uh, five, maybe six, you know, out of ten. Yeah, I, I, he at least does nothing when he hits the battlefield and like he has to wait a whole turn cycle. Oh, he blocks though. And he blocks for days. Sure, he blocks for days. <laughs> but then it gets back halfway <laughs> around your turn and you're like, I built up all these artifacts. I cast my commander. Glaceon's going to pop off. I'm going to go find that card I need. I'm going to fill up my graveyard with all the juicy bits. And then someone's like, Vandal Blast. Uh, and then, then you just cry. He's not the strongest. He's cool. But uh, there are power level issues. <laughs> yeah, I think it's these the kind of thing where it's like you look at a lot of these um, these uncommon partners from Commander Legends, and you can kind of see where design was trying to take them, right? Like you can see that Glaceon pairs well with the the pirate that makes treasures, or Tago that makes rocks, and so it's you're kind of like got this this sort of presence over you as you're drafting the set, where it's like these two would go really well together, these two would go really well together, and then you're kind of like brought to that point but it's harder to take them out of that commander legends draft and kind of view them in the same sense and i mean yeah commander is the format where anything is possible so you can throw together a really solid glaceon deck with someone else and come away really happy with the result but if you're looking for like the powerful artifact commander i mean we've mentioned him probably each individual person urza um if i have all these artifacts how about they make mana and let me play cards for free so it's hard to to really like compare Glaceon on the scale of what I'm doing in blue um, besides, you know, other artifact shenanigans. And you can force it 
um, like <laughs> we did. And it, it'd still be probably a lot of fun to play these decks. But again, depending on what you're looking for, this is definitely more of a casual deck. You're sitting down to do some fun stuff and be able to see your entire um, library in every game, which honestly is something I don't think about enough as like a fun thing to do is be able to just like look at all the cool cards you have. And so I could benefit from Glaceon in a few decks, um, but I don't want to actually have to run them. I hate artifacts. <laughs> Since we're talking about fun spells, I just want to mention briefly, I think my favorite combo in the deck that I made. Sorry, I keep talking about my own deck. Indomitable Creativity, does anyone know what that card does? Because mm. I had to... That's I, the, the sack a bunch of artifacts and then, like, basically yeah. chaos warp yourself? It's like poly polymorph sort of thing? Destroy X target artifacts and or creatures, and then for each permanent destroy this way, his controller reveals cards from the top of the library until you hit a creature mm -hmm. or um, artifact and you get to put that on the battlefield. And so, it's like, you make a ton of artifacts... Cast that on your own stuff, and then out come all your creatures. <laughs> hey, 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 here are the boys. Uh, have you considered pairing that with Second Sunrise, so then you get all your artifacts back and you lost nothing, actually? That's a that's a solid, uh, that's a hot take. <laughs> I'm still just jealous you guys get to play Storm the Vault. I love that card. Storm the Vault, as soon as, I mean, as soon as probably all of us saw it, it was like, ooh, tech. And then adding it for our own, um, what's, what's the reserve list version? I forget. Uh, Tolarian Academy. Academy. That whole cycle. <laughs> Tolarian Academy is the only one uh, banned in EDH, though. Which one is? Tolarian Academy is the only one banned in EDH. Really? Like guys, guys, Cradle, Sarah Sanctum—they're all legal. I don't actually. Anyway, don't know we've what completely the, uh, lost the plot at this point. This true, 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 true. Now we're just searching random cards on Scryfell. Bring us back, Eric. Bring us back. Um. All right. Just final reviews. Was everyone thinking Glaceon? We've t we talked like a little bit about like Jeff and I gave our thoughts on like his power level as a commander. Overall, I think he's well designed. I think he's cool. I think he is what an uncommon partner should be in that he is not very good, but fits in his own space and he's doing his own thing mm -hmm. and we're proud of him. I prefer him to be like a one, two for three mana or something like that. I don't know Same. why he needs to be <laughs> such a chunky body. Granted, maybe that's partly the level we're playing at. Like, I don't know if everyone else cares but it's like why does the ability need to be strapped it's just such a thick lad when any other card in the deck can do that for him of the partner commanders i was looking at you know all the ones from cmr specifically i think he's one of the ones that has an ability that i have the most fun building around and so i'm very glad we picked him over a lot of the others where it might be more linear i would like to take him to the table someday but i probably won't be building out my deck uh further than like an online persona nice julian bring us home yeah i mean another great brew session with the boys um and i mean hopefully our listeners will go out and if not fully embrace glacian who is personally my favorite evolution um <laughs> then they'll at least brew with him a little bit and kind of at least just get the juices flowing uh, to kind of think of that of that sort of space because I think like like we said there are interesting th things that you can do with him and he deserves a look at least for the fact of a deck building sort of exercise just to keep yourself sharp and mm -hmm. see exactly what you can do in the space and God forbid you like him you know no one's ever going to complain when you bring your your six mana three six uncommon to the table you know what I mean it's not like you're bringing a you know it's not like you're bringing Urza or anything like that so <laughs> but Urza's in the deck though. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not we're not saying no to Urza. We're just saying no to your opponents knowing about him up front. That's fair. 
Right. Well, I mean, once again, if you're if you're playing a six man a three six, you know, uncommon as your commander, you might not want to spend the forty dollars on Urza. So you you might not have Urza. And there's things that you can do without Urza. But yeah, of course, he makes things better. Just like, just like you know, me putting Mana Crypt in my deck. Yeah, it's like yeah. I think that that is one it, of the but... things to mention. I think a lot of us ended up at a slightly higher power level to kind of like compensate for Glaceon. Like we have the solid wing cons. We have the hellkite tyrant that's like i think 20 dollars at this point 25 25 (laughs) wow is he that much dang i'm selling mine (laughs) you definitely lose some of what glaceon is capable of when you're going to a lower amount because like you know with commander you can make any commander good it just depends on the 99 um but i think with glaceon you still have the ability to make a pretty solid deck in the direction that julian took it specifically with a lot of these random cheapo cheerios and you can still you know get that base glaceon ability and do something cool so just because we've mentioned you know high value cards that we probably already have in our collection so it's very easy to slot into these decks don't let that dissuade you if glaceon looks like a very interesting character because there's still a lot you can do with him um in a lower powered shell yeah i mean as usual we always we bring it back to this a lot but like it all depends on what sort of power level are you playing at with your playgroup and what kind of game are you trying to have? And communicating that beforehand, you know, if it's the end of the night and we're like, all right, boys, bring out your trash, boom, perfect time to play like a budget Glaceon and just see what you can do. But when Eric says, all right, we're playing CDH, I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll play Glaceon, but I'm I'm doing degenerate things and I'm just trying to rip through my library as fast as I can so I can play fast as Oracle and take the win. <laughs> And with that being said, I'd like you guys and our listeners and all our friends listening at WOTC to remember that they can find the Hex Shrinkers podcast on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, other places. Honestly, I don't even know. Chev, please tell me. No, don't. Never mind. I'm sure they're it's, – it's hooked up. You can find us at, at wherever you listen to your podcast. We're there, and if we're not, let us know. We'll get ourselves there. We know that you can find us. At our website, hexdrinkers.com, that's the one for sure because, you know, that's that's our little plot of land over there. Uh, you can check out our articles, our videos, uh, as well as this podcast. Make sure you check us out on Twitter and Instagram um, for uh, more uh, by-the-minute takes, uh, reactions to uh, releases, and also just us engaging with the uh, content creators in the community and maybe talking a little smack along the way. And lastly, check us out on Twitch and on YouTube for video content at Hex Drinkers if you want to see the streams, the vids, the gameplay, all the good stuff. This is Jules for Eric, Oak, and Chev. We're the Hex Drinkers, and we're signing out. So... As Oakley mentioned, uh, I partnered Glaceon with Tago because on a more direct level, I was like, all right, instead of something, another payoff for having... Um... You can do it. Yo, can you help me with something? Uh, not right now. Sorry. What, what is it? So, you know, the hooks? Yeah. I was getting one of the... I was getting the cutting board off and one of them fell in the garbage disposal. I need to get that out, and okay. I am not sure how Okay. Um, with the tools I have available. I was hoping maybe you would have an idea. I will think about it, but I am sort of in the middle of something okay. at this moment. I can it's help fine. you afterwards, though.
it's fine. Okay. Let me know. I'll work on it. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Did you hear us? So, uh, uh, <laughs> oh, completely. Okay. We heard the whole thing. <laughs> Just don't turn on the garbage disposal. Just Man, don't turn I, on the garbage disposal. When he, when he, at, when he was like, do you have a minute? I, I yeah. was like, oh, God, something horrible. Like, the <laughs> cops are at the door. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, some, But I guess that was pretty tame for what I immediately yeah. jumped to. <laughs> All right. Sorry about that. 